What's up, Cartel? Davey coming back at you after a couple weeks of a hiatus. Uh, partially due to the uh, it being the holidays, and also because I've had a couple of uh, technical issues. But uh, back on track here now, uh, just before the new year and going into 2023. Hopefully it's a better year than the last um, few years. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, um, I have a very special guest on today, uh, Lindsay Sharman. I found her on uh, Tinfoil Hat and I snagged her up and she was kind enough to uh, give us our time. And uh, yeah, she is a shaman, like a shamanic healer, a spiritual healer, uh, a podcaster, um, and many more things. A very special person. And we had an awesome conversation, and I really hope you enjoy it. And uh, let me got, let me know what you guys think in, on Instagram or email or whatever. Um, if you would be so kind, could you drop a uh, five-star review on Spotify or Apple? It would help grow the show. Thank you very much, and you know what to do to celebrate. Listen to the Red Pill Cartel podcast. Smoke a couple dubs. Drink a few beers, relax, do what you got to do, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, Cartel, to another episode. Um, I have an awesome guest tonight. Her name's Lindsay Sharman, and I found her, I discovered her uh, through Tinfoil Hat Podcast, and uh, it was an awesome interview. And uh, Lindsay, how are you? And tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I love it. Yet another connection through Sam Tripoli. Sam is the best. Thanks again, Sam. Uh, and I, it's hard for me to summarize everything I do because I do a lot of stuff. But the main things I guess people would want to know about is that I have my own podcast as well, so Rogue Ways. Uh, and I do live stream it every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday at 7 p.m. Mountain. So people are come uh, can come and join the live chat if they like to join into that kind of thing. Rogue Ways is awesome. It's just about conspiracy, culture, consciousness, community, and connection. I didn't mean to make it all C's, but that's just how it ended up. Uh, it's been a super fun show to do. Um, and then I also uh, am an author. I write books. They are channeled books. I have some uh, fictional novels. I'm actually finishing up the third in the trilogy as we speak. We were just talking about that before we started recording. And uh, I have a few channeled spiritual books as well because I'm also a shamanic healer and teacher. And I do one-on-one -on -one work with people for healing and upliftment purposes for connecting with their guides and allies getting messages through uh, and I also do tarot readings and they're also healing uh, they're they're kind of beyond I think what most people would expect from a tarot reading especially if they've had one before uh, they end up being more like therapy sessions than anything so my work really is with people it's helping people to heal and transform their lives and uh, my show ends up being about that as well so it, it does kind of encapsulate everything I do I also teach some courses and do some other things here and there but um, I think that's a good summary yeah I think so uh, sums it up um, when ultimately do you think was like your core memory that got you started on this path God, I, I never know how to answer this question because I don't feel like I <laughs> I don't feel like I ever wasn't on the path. Like I've been a weirdo since I was little. I've been um, always, always the black sheep. 
I wouldn't say the black sheep at all. Actually, I was like the golden child almost. I oh, was, okay. Yeah, I was I was highly successful and intelligent. I was like skipping ahead grades and everything, and very much the good kid. And and but I always had this. Like, I really like to play alone. I always was having conversations with what I thought was myself, but I've since understood was always my my guidance, which you still could look at as an aspect of ourselves. I call them guides and allies, and they seem like separate entities to me. But, you know, I, I know other people look at it differently, and I think it's perfectly <clears throat> okay to do that. I think it's, you know, the same thing. We're just describing from different angles. But I always, I always had that ever since I was little. I did uh, suffer a lot. I had a lot of trauma and, uh, you know, especially when my father died when I was 11, but I also grew up in poverty. Uh, so it was kind of compounded and I actually developed complex PTSD. So I kind of, you know, some, I look back sometimes and, and it feels like I sort of fell off the path and, uh, you know, went into darkness. I went the dark route and I did a lot of drugs for a long time uh, and really just, wow. yeah, I went through the the harshness, but I still came out on time. I mean, I never, I tell people, they're like, oh, you must have like had a hard time with school. Like, no, I sought a 4.0 because again, I was so much more advanced. I feel like that I just never, I, I did my homework even when I was smoking crystal meth. So um, Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, so that's I, crazy. I never stopped that path. You know, like I knew for sure I was going to be a teacher and I knew you had to have a degree to do that. And so I I knew I had to get to college and I just knew I had to turn things in. I sometimes wonder what would have happened if I never did drugs, you know, like would I have been a scientist at MIT or something. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You know, who knows? You probably but... wouldn't, probably wouldn't have had the, um, you know, like spiritual experiences without it. Definitely. The darkness forced me to find the light. That's for sure. So, so yeah, I agree. And, um, so yeah, people often ask me like, what woke you up or what sent you down this path? And I'm like, I just don't think I was ever not on it. I just, uh, was, I always had that sort of awareness and connection and I always knew what I was here for. And I also was raised by uh, my father who was in Vietnam and, uh, in Vietnam, he experienced all the height of corruption, not only in the ways we would kind of expect with the killing of innocent people and, the lies about why we were there, et cetera. But he also was a sniper. He was very, very good at his job. And they forced him into a second tour, which most people don't think is possible and never happened, but it happened to him. Uh, and right. he also realized at some point that he was in Cambodia and not Vietnam, which again, people, it, it's a conspiracy theory in itself that we were ever in Cambodia. It's pretty well proven now that we were, but you know, for a long time, it wasn't. So he came back from that obviously scarred, traumatized and changed, but also very deeply aware of the corruption of our government and our society. And he instilled that in us as we were growing up. And, you know, people may have thought that was a little cruel. I literally remember being five years old and him telling me, you don't trust anyone. You don't trust the government. Anything. Right. Right. Me, a lie. And, and me being like, yeah. okay. Sure, that's do you cool. do you find uh do you find like like a, a high percentage of veterans feel the same way doesn't it seem like that yeah it seems like they uh, come out the other side going uh yeah nobody should trust these people <laughs> and then of course the vets get fucked oh, they get fucked over right oh, oh yeah like no it's services cool. and like you fight for your supposed country which is actually just a corporation yeah and they don't they don't uh they don't give you anything in return it's it's unbelievable it's so sad and horrible. I have so many friends right now that are 
had gone to um, Iraq and, and have so many things, the same experience, you know, you could put it in the same package. They come back and they go, we're, they're lying to us about everything. The things we did there, they're not telling people about it. And these people suffer from the strangest afflictions. You know, that we talk about targeted individuals and I don't know any more targeted individuals than those people who have come back, especially from, you know, Iraq, especially since uh, about, you know, the, the, after 2000, we'll say, because there's a lot right. of times, you know, that we've been there, but um, even more so. So what what did they do to them? I don't know. Their their symptoms and experiences cannot be explained. It's it's beyond what targeted individuals even describe. And it's crazy. So crazy. Have you ever seen the movie Jacob's Ladder? Yeah. In fact, my dad showed that to me when I was young, too. Again, probably. Oh, too God. Young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was. uh a case of Agent Orange in that movie, I think, right? I don't remember exactly. I just remember him saying, this isn't a movie, it's a documentary. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And I remember just feeling, uh, I didn't understand probably anything about what was going on, but I understood that it was very important uh, to him to that, that we understand how, how horrible the government is. I it just got pounded into, I just knew that and, you know. So I'm lucky. So uh, yeah. again, people ask like, what woke you up? And I'm like, I, I don't, I was never in a place of trusting these people. So nothing did. Yeah. I'm honestly like when I grew up, I wasn't like, I didn't get the same message, but I always had like an inkling that, you know, something wasn't right about the government. Yeah. Like it was just something inside of me that was like, like none of these people are doing anything for us. Why do we like praise them? You know? Yeah, and it's all they do is suck up our money and do nothing with it. They do the basics like road work and stuff like municipal shit, but like as, on a whole, like they don't do shit. They just take their private jets and preach about climate change and this and that. And it's getting more and more apparent now. Well, I think as as days go pointed out too that you know before we had income tax, we still had roads and churches and schools. Mm. And, you know and utilities yeah. and, and stuff and then we got income tax but nothing has changed we haven't gotten anything more out of it but we pay so much more to these people it's and, and now the the inflation is just insanity yes <laughs> like i saw a a meme or like a news article it wasn't a meme it was a news article that said uh this year 50 54 percent of canadians cannot afford to celebrate christmas I can believe it. I, yeah. I, I when they say things like, "Oh, inflation is seven percent," I'm like, I don't know how you calculate this number. But if you're just looking at the prices of things, they've doubled. So yeah, well, they're, they're sugarcoating a, a, a depression by saying it's a recession, which we've seen before. This is yeah. exactly what they did last time. We had a depression as well. It's just insanity, and it's way worse than the last time. Yeah, I mean, it's relative, right? Because when it comes down to it, all we ever really had was our body. Uh, so um, when we look at like what, I don't know, I, I get I get that it is worse and like the global impact of it and the, I guess the height from which we are falling. But the, the truth of our experience here is that we only ever had this, we only ever had this body and all we ever had was what we could do with it. And, you know, for example, I had someone telling me like, oh, the power went out for three days and it was horrible and I didn't know what to do. And like, life is so crazy now. And, and I was kind of thinking, well, you know, we used to have an understanding that the power might go out. And before we had power, we survived 
every day without power. So there is actually something we can do. And, you know, we can actually build fire and have, you know, wood fire stoves. And I guess my point is all we've ever had is the material around us, the earth and what it produces, and then what we do with that. Uh, And that isn't going to change no matter what economic system we deluded ourselves into playing along with for however many years, we're still going to end up with exactly that same, you know, beginning collection of, of possible resources uh, and what we can do with them. It's that doesn't go anywhere. And this is part of what I uh, focus on when I, I do every week what I call the winning report or winningism show. And uh, it's one of my rogue ways episodes. And I, I try to help people remember like that the whole thing we're suffering from is actually a delusion in itself. Um, oh, for sure. Right. And, and really it's a, maybe a blessing and a gift that we get back to uh, what actually matters, which is ourselves, each other and our connection to each other and the, and the earth and what the earth can do for us and what we can do for it in conjunction with each other. And, and maybe it's, fucking awesome to let the rest of it fall away because like you said from when we were young we looked at it we went what the fuck is this supposed to be anyway like you're telling me like like i remember someone explaining credit to me and i was like well how many people are like doing this thing you're calling credit i'm serious i was like 12 years old they're like everyone everyone is doing this and i'm like so everyone in the world is out here pretending like they have stuff they don't have you know, material reality exists clearly to me and I'm only 12. So at what point is material reality going to collapse in on itself and force you to reckon with the truth, which is that you didn't have any of that to begin with. It can't can't be long. Right. And I think here we are kind of trying to face that, you know, of course, what I think the real danger isn't whether or not we have money or whether or not people feel rich or, you know, we're still going to have, again, the same material resources. We can still create food and warmth for ourselves as we choose. But I think the real danger is what they're going to do with the, um, what they're going to try to do with forcing people into the CBDCs and these uh, e-coins that are centrally controlled instead of decentralized. And that's the danger. I feel like once people submit to that system, it's a little bit late in the game to get back out. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Did you, were you ever into like uh, cryptocurrency at all or anything like that? Yeah. When I was, uh, I'm going to say at least 12 years ago, the, uh, my, my husband, my ex-husband, my now ex-husband was super into Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. So I learned a lot about it back then. And I uh, came into this world with a deep hatred of robots and electronics. So I have a very strong, resistance to anything electronic and robotic and i've grown a bit in that view and uh you know one thing i always understood about bitcoin is that it is decentralized and so whether we like the electronic robotic sort of energy behind it or not um that decentralization is actually a freeing aspect and so if people choose to use bitcoin in a way that is uh responsible self-responsible then it can be a system that we use to interact with each other on an economic level that would be the most freeing we have ever seen except for barter and trade directly um so we could have something like an international system of exchange that is decentralized which we can't we can barely even imagine what that means i mean we have nothing in our experience that even comes close to it. Uh, And we have never been given, even in movies and literature, I would say any versions of this possible future that are positive. So I don't think that's by accident. And I don't think it's by accident that what they have focused on all along is really uh, trying to get people to look at Bitcoin as this horrible 
you know, contagion that enemies and foes use to hurt children and do all this stuff when we know for sure they're they're actually the ones doing that stuff that they say Bitcoin and the Silk Road and all these things were, you know, in support of. And, uh, you know, and the truth is that they're only fighting against it for one reason. It's because they can't control it. They could they could come to control it. It could technically happen, uh, but it would require everybody who participates in it to give away their power. Uh, and that would be a choice they're able to make. And if they make that choice again, I think that would be the the sort of final stage in this game. <laughs> perhaps. Right. Um, but they have just as much potential to not give up that power, to run nodes ourselves, to run our wallets ourselves and not keep them in a centralized location. Uh, and to keep Bitcoin going and be the ones who form it and direct it as it was seemingly intended. Um, so who knows? You know, and I know, again, I've been on the other side of this argument and I've been the one saying, no, that Bitcoin is the devil. Bitcoin is, <laughs> you know, right. comes, comes from the CIA. It's, you know, it's federal in some way and we're just falling into the trap. And I really see it from the other side now where I go, mm, I don't think so. Actually, this is actually the one opportunity we have to use something that is both technological and decentralized and could be freeing. And good luck, like centralizing it, right? Yeah, like I, like I said, it could technically. Everybody happen. would, yeah, everybody would have to give up, give it up, and it's like exactly. I don't think people are going to be willing to do that. <laughs> I would hope not, you know. And I, I think like it's, it's like a lot of things. Like they could slowly infiltrate and and create sort of. I guess a lot of nodes of people on their degraded side of humanity, these psychopathic controllers that um, enough of them infiltrate that maybe it starts to sort of shift the, the new protocols they implement and how that starts to go, you know, but it's a long game, but dude, they're so good at long games. So I think if we get more and more regular people to run nodes and be that force instead, uh, that's the best chance we have at really, um, you know, democratizes it in the best way. Yeah. But do, do you think like the, this whole, you know, like we're, we seem to be headed into like a dystopian future. Don't you think? I mean, we have been my whole life. I, I've never seen anything but that being the likely outcome. And at the same time, at any moment it could change. It just takes people going, nah, not going to do that. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's actually very simple it's way more simple than we give it credit for but but they win the um you know the mind games more often than any any of us do you know they they own the sort of mass mind and like i said the imagination isn't even really there there's there's very few people who even have it in their minds of what could be other than a dystopian future and that is where we're losing and that is why we would lose if we do um and that really is literally it i mean you could go like any single possible potential the psychopaths have to take control literally requires us agreeing with it and choosing it like it's so if you look at how hard they fight to keep that control of everyone's mind and imagination then you can see just how easy it is to not let them win it's so easy in fact it's the simplest thing we could ever do yeah, I hope so. I know so. I <laughs> like, just don't know. The only like, thing I don't know is if people are going to choose it or not. I know that that's right, all it right. takes. Well, I think the I think their version of what they want is going to be highly attractive to the masses. Yes, to people who are broken, 
it's attractive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and most people are letting themselves be broken. Uh, right. I also see how easy it is for people to come back from being broken and how many people do and how many people have just in the last few years. It's crazy. The, the human soul is, is very, uh, what's the word? Uh, resilient. Exceptionally. So it's one of our yeah. greatest. Like even, even my mother, like she has dementia, she's nonverbal. Yeah. And she's been through like two or three UTIs Oh God! And just like she doesn't know what's going on, no. But she just pulls right through every time, and every time she's been through it, we're, we were thinking, "Uh oh, this is gonna be it, right?" But nope, she just keeps going. That's so awesome. It's yeah. amazing. She, it's like I don't know because I don't know the mind of a of a dementia patient, um, like what it's like to be in that situation in in your in my own mind. But I can imagine that it's not completely oblivious. There is a, there's still a fight in there, you know? Yeah, I don't know either, but I have an experience where um, I have an autoimmune condition. I'm in a late stage of this disease, actually. And the next stage, if, it, if I allow it to come, would be cancer and then death. Uh, and so some days I actually have the very uh, kind of overwhelming symptoms if I'm not doing well, or if I'm having a flare up and in those often my mind will be exceptionally dull and oh, yeah. it'll be very, very frustrating for me because inside I understand exactly what I want to say and do and, you know, all of this. And, and on the outside, I'm like dropping things and I can't talk and I can't remember where I am or like what my phone number is. Right. Um, so I kind of, I, you know, I imagine it's similar. And, and again, inside, I, I wouldn't say I'm super clear inside, but inside I do still know what I'm trying to do and it's not, I can't make it happen. So it's really frustrating and terrifying actually. Um, uh, I'm in the same, same boat actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I have, I have Crohn's. Oh, yeah. 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 So the days I don't have that because I've, you know, taken good enough care of myself in very specific ways all day, every day for long enough that I'm as I am now very cogent and present and, you know, capable, then those are the best days. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's, it's a it's a never ending battle. I mean, like, I still can't figure out exactly what it is I have to stay away from or whatever you know it's like i'll eat like the healthiest foods and it'll be like the worst thing for my system yeah and i'll go and eat like freaking mcdonald's which i don't do very often and it's like perfectly fine yeah <laughs> like, well, i don't get it <clears throat> there's there's a thing and, and maybe this is what's happening for you too and and part of it is that some of my flare-ups mimic exactly some of my days of of uh deepest purification so when I am healthy enough that my body can release a bunch of toxins, I will feel like shit, but mm -hmm. I'm releasing toxins. And therefore when I'm done with that, I am at like a clearer and higher level than I've been for years sometimes even. Right. Right. But then when I have a flare up, it feels very, very similar, but I can tell that it's just my body in reaction. I'm just trying to resist. My body's trying to resist whatever toxin it found and whatever I put into it. Um, you know, and they look very similar. So sometimes when you're eating the healthiest foods, you have this fucking feeling like you're going to die <laughs> because yeah. that healthiness actually allowed your body to be like, oh, finally, we can get rid of this fucking toxin. And 
you know, I don't know where you're at in this journey, but for me, I've kind of discovered for myself that all of it, all of these autoimmune, all of these sort of almost inexplicable, you know, modern diseases that we didn't have before are basically the same thing, but all of our bodies are reacting differently. So even, you know, your listeners out there who are like, I don't have autoimmune, you actually probably do. You're just not diagnosed yet because your symptoms aren't bad enough, but you probably had a rash at some point, or you probably had like some welts or something, or you had like a strange skin patch that was dry and weird, or you had some like weird stomach thing, or you had some weird, whatever. There's so many different things because all of us are in this deep toxicity and all of us have been sprayed with who knows fucking what for how many goddamn years you know we're ingesting it's, it's it in our foods it's in the air it's in everything it's yeah. the, the frequencies that we're catching on a daily basis yep. uh i mean for me i noticed that when i do have a flare-up i am depressed yeah and not because of what i'm going through it's it's a chemical imbalance because when I have a flare up, I'm getting the runs, right? And the serotonin is produced in the gut and it's just going out the other end instead of going to the brain. Yeah. Good point. So I noticed that. Um, So I am on a mild antidepressant and it kind of balances me out when I get a flare up. Mm. Um, But there's a lot of people that I talk to and they're all like a lot of them are saying they're having really bad uh, bowel issues and they're, they, they're not diagnosed with anything. So I guarantee if they were going to get like a colonoscopy or something, the doctor would tell them that, yeah, you, you have either like colitis or Crohn's or something. Right. But a lot of people, they're so young with it and they don't feel like they need to go to the doctor. For me, it might, it was started in my mid twenties and then, really hit me in my early 30s and that's when I got diagnosed and then that's when I started uh you know the battle so to speak yeah and if you traced it back you may even find that it started in childhood which is many of us as well and then you maybe even can trace it to a host of vaccines you were given that messed up your gut and started the process exactly (laughs) um one of my doctors who I only saw briefly because I was only living there for about a year he, I actually asked him about that and he actually agreed with me about like the, the vaccines when I was younger. Yeah. Cause they mess and up I was your gut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. They throw everything off. So my approach to all of this has been to do heavy metal detoxification and liver cleansing. And as I do that process over years, it's taking years, um, but my symptoms are better and better and better. I've stopped taking medication now. I'm pretty well dialed into not even having flare-ups. It, it happens still sometimes, but it's easier for me. And I'll just say, you know, uh, my diagnosis is Hashimoto's, which means almost nothing because it doesn't actually matter what our diagnosis is. It's just our body's toxicity and it's exactly. doing its best to try to get rid of this. But I've had what could have been diagnosed and was almost diagnosed as rheumatoid arthritis. I've had and almost been diagnosed with various other autoimmune diseases because really it's just an autoimmune disease and it does not mean there's something wrong with our immune systems. Our immune systems are fucking perfect. It's that there's something wrong with what they're, our body, which is what they're trying to fix, which is what they're doing a great job at. It's just, we keep, we keep fucking up more and more. So I actually have uh, this routine now where I have cilantro, chlorella, parsley, um, 
every day, minimal, minimum at least once. These are all heavy metal detoxifiers. I have them in, a, you know, either a smoothie of that's mostly green, or I put them in a what I call it a spinny, but it's just water in that in those little ninja cup things. It makes it like liquefied. Uh, yeah, you know, other things like cucumber and and celery or whatnot in there. Um, and then I have, you know, ideally I would then also have like a salad of lots of greens, no carbs, ideally, or very little. Um, I try to avoid all seed oils. I don't know if, if everybody's aware of seed oils yet, but if you're not, you really should be, and no human should be consuming these except in just such trace amounts that it wouldn't even be worth thinking about. You're just ideally cutting out all seed oils from your diet. Um, and, you know, having some meat, or some good, healthy, especially free range or wild meat of some kind with healthy fats in the meat itself. Um, and that if I do that perfectly, I don't have any flare ups. I get better and better. Um, I'm also using something called detoximin, which is the only at home chelation that exists to date. Uh, and it's super effective. Seemingly, I've had even more uh, improvement since I started using this detoximin. It's uh super powerful. I don't get any money from this. I just want people to know about it and, and use sure. it if they can. Um, yeah. yeah. And then I breathe uh, hydrogen enriched oxygen and drink hydrogen expanded water every day as well. Uh, so again, if I'm doing all of this, I don't drink, I don't smoke anymore. I've quit all of my vices in, you know, especially in attempts to just be well, uh, and I have become more and more well. So it is possible to detox even in this especially toxic environment. And again, I think the more people choose this, the more sort of um, likely it is that we start to also then stand up for ourselves more and more, become emotionally well, head towards that future that we can imagine that isn't dystopian. Because yeah, you have the energy to do it now. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason they attack us on the bodily level as well. Yep. They just want us like mentally and physically drained and not wanting to do anything except sit at home and watch TV and go to work and come back home and fill your face with junk and all that shit, right? Yep. And it's easy. It's easy. It's but, very easy to do that. But I loved it. I had uh, Tim, I can't remember his last name right now. He does Chemical Free Body. I had him on my show and he's, and I said, it's so easy. You know, like we're talking about now, it's so easy to fail and to fall and to choose these things that are bad. And he said, no, it's not. It's, it's easy. It's easier to feel well. It's easier to feel good. And I was like, God damn it. That's true. I don't know what, what it is. It's actually not easier to choose these things. Maybe in that specific moment, it feels easier, but what it really is, is this giving in and going eh, I'm not even, it's like a denial, right? Like I'm not even going to face that right now. I'm going to just push yeah. that off. And it actually right. isn't easier in the long run. It's so much harder. It's harder to detox and clear up and clean up and move forward, but it is easier to just stay that way when you're there. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're not afflicted with anything uh, and, you know, you feel like you don't have to make an effort, then it's probably easy to just give in, right? True. But in the future, it's going to affect you for sure. Yeah. And you don't always know that in the meantime, it is yeah. sort of, it is sort of always the thing, right? Like these psychopathic controllers in the system they've set up is uh, you end up realizing that you really chose your own destruction as unfair yeah. as it may have seemed at every step you chose it. And that, and it's kind of like the sickest form of torture that we would choose our torture. <laughs> 
right. they're just they're just sitting there in their in their offices and or their high towers and just laughing at all of us. Yeah, they're like, look at these yeah. assholes like choosing this over and over again. And we're, I'm like, yeah, I mean, we are kind of assholes. Like, I feel bad. There's a million reasons we choose it. The cards are really stacked against us. There's it. It is in that sense very easy to just go along with this because it's what everyone's doing. It's what's put in front of you. It's like what's everywhere around you. But man, you still chose it. You still did it and you didn't have to. (laughs) We all have a choice. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to get across to the audience too is that if if something, if you've always felt that you've, there's something that you needed to do and it's like sitting in the back of your head every day, every single second of the day, it's never too late to start doing it. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. And, and you'll feel so much better instantly just because you started. You yeah. don't even like, might not even get that far. You might be like, look, I'm going to start taking walks today. And you're like, oh, I really don't want to. It's kind of cold. Like, here's the 12 excuses I have ready for not doing this. Exactly. And, just, and you just force yourself to do it. Anyway. You're like, nope, I'm putting my shoes on. I'm putting my coat on. I'm putting my headphones in or whatever, picking a cool song. I'm going for it. And you get out there and maybe you only get like a block and you're like, damn it, I can't go any further oh well you still did it and you still feel so good because you did it just that it's just so easy yeah <laughs> and and like the more that you do it the better you become at it uh to anything right like say somebody wants to be like a guitarist well you're not gonna pick up a guitar and be eddie van halen right off the bat right you're gonna have to like put the time in and practice and once you do and you start getting better and better and start developing that muscle memory on, on, on the guitar, you're going to feel way better about yourself. You're going to feel so cool. You're going to be, oh my yeah. God, I play the guitar. <laughs> I know, right? I just said today, I because I woke up and I got this cool message in my inbox. I subscribed to this thing called, I think it's called Messages from the Universe. Uh, anyone can go do it. It's just a nice like daily thing that I've been doing since... I don't even know, like 2000 or something, like a long time. But um, I get them every day. I read it. And today it said something like, you know, that you're living right now the life that you one time dreamed of living and thought you wouldn't make it toward to. And I was like, holy shit, it's true. Such an easy little thing to yeah. think about. I was yeah. like, wow, I really was. At one point, there's no way. I did not think I would be doing this, working with people one-on-one, helping people spiritually, doing shamanic work with people, having my own show, none of this. You know, having published those books I dreamed of writing, none of it. I would not, none of it. But all of it, if I look back to that time where I was just super high all the time and really depressed and like hating life, it all started with just like what we're talking about, just the first step. Like, well, I have to start somewhere. I'm going to do this. I'm and now I'm going to do this and that and years go by. And now you have all these different steps you've taken. You know, I'm not saying like any, any of the, the overall process was easy, but in the moment itself, none of them were really that hard either. <laughs> right. Right. It's just like actually just motivating yourself to do what you want to do. Yeah. That's all it really is. It's nothing like, there's nothing heroic about it. No, no. And like, I, I love this too. Someone said this to me and it's so true. I was like, you know, I, I I really want to do blank. I just, I just haven't started yet. And they looked at me and they said, no, you don't. And I said, what? And they were like, you don't want to do that. I was like, yeah, I do. I get kind of mad, you know, like, you don't tell me about me. Like I do want to do it. (laughs) But they were like, no, if you wanted to do that, you'd be doing it. 
And I was like, holy shit, again, like, holy shit, it's true. <laughs> like, if and you want to and you chose to do it, you do it. If you don't, that means you don't want to, period, the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, uh, do you know who Chris Jericho is? No. He was a wrestler, but now he's he's got oh, his yeah. own podcast. He's he's a he's front he's a front man for a band too, right? Oh, awesome! And when he was wrestling, he said everything that I did in my life, every, there would be so many people that told me that I can't do it. Yeah. But like wrestling, he's like, people are like, you can't be a wrestler. He's like, watch me, and he starts working out, and he start he goes and he fucking becomes a wrestler, right? <laughs> and even the wrestlers, he he was telling the wrestlers like, because he's a he's a big. Uh, He's big into rock and roll and metal and stuff, and all the he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna front uh, a band, and all the wrestlers that he was wrestling with was like, you can't do that, right? <laughs> so it was like one thing after another that he was achieving because he just wanted to do it, right? Yeah, like, you can't let anybody tell you that you can't do it. Yeah, in fact, that's all. That is fear. People instill fear in you, saying you'll never you'll never make it as like a rock star. You'll never make it as an accountant or whatever. Right. Like just watch me. Cause I'm going to take the steps to do it. And you can't tell me otherwise. And you know, you know why they do that. It's, it's not cause they hate you and want you to fail actually, even though it feels that way. <laughs> it, it's because they are terrified that you're right. And that would mean that they are the ones who made the mistake in not following their own dreams. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they're, they're terrified that you're right and that you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with you. I remember when I was leaving teaching and I told people, you know, like I'm retiring and I'm putting in my notice or whatever. I'm not coming back next year. I'm going to get a van. I'm going to drive around the continent. I'm going to just go wherever I want. And Oh, you can't be- do that. Yeah. Oh, you're not, you can't, what, what about retirement? Like, I don't know, I'll figure it out. I'm not dead yet. Like it'll happen, <laughs> you know? And they're like, well, what about, what about this? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'll just go. Where are you going to go? I don't know. Well, how, how come, what do you, you, don't you need to know? Like, no, I can just drive. There's just these things called yes. roads and they That's all connect. Yes. They're scared. <laughs> they're terrified. Yeah. It was awesome. I took it very <clears throat> personally for a time and then I realized it had nothing to do with me at all. Yeah, for sure. What uh, so? What does uh, shamanic work entail? I don't really know anything about it. Uh, well, uh, to be you know the simplest sort of explanation is uh, shamanic work just entails anyone going into any sort of altered state, you might say, or people will sometimes describe it as other dimensions. Uh, okay, and, and bringing back information, or sometimes it's described literally as like a cure or remedy. Uh, and then giving it to someone else. So that's sort of the simplest way to look at what shamanism means. Um, There's a lot of people who get really attached to the word and the cultures uh, that that word has been attached to. And so that's why I I didn't actually even use that word for a long time. I, I would just say like, I'm a spiritual healer and you, know, you, didn't but, want to, you don't want to put people off probably right well i really for myself even kind of thought like you know the title shaman is is often given to you by a specific tradition because you trained under their shamans and the shamans i've trained under are from all over the world and from various traditions so i don't have one tradition and i don't have one teacher that gave me like now you're a shaman you know like there was not that experience so i kind of resisted it for that reason And I also, there's just people who think that when you say that, it means you have to do 
X, Y, and Z in the way they saw on a show once. And if you don't do it that way, you're not a real shaman or something. There's just very weird like attachments to that idea. So, well, I, I, I even have attachments to it as well. Like back in the day, I, I, like I'm a huge gamer, right? Yeah. There's this one game called Shadowrun, and there's, there's a shaman in it. And he was like, <laughs> he was, he had like bones and stuff. And he would like, he was uh, raising the dead from the graveyard and stuff like that. Yeah. And so what my thought was like a shaman should look, it, it had like a, a visual uh, aspect to it. Right. <laughs> Somebody who has like wears a bone necklace and like has a, a bone through their nose and wears a feather headdress and does rituals and shit like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. actually some of that is, is for a good reason, you know, traditional sh shaman shamans around the world traditionally are using uh, materials from the earth and from animals and from what they can find around them. This is a tradition that goes back thousands of years in most cases. So you do see a lot of like bones or leather or feathers or these things, because that's what's always always available. Um, you know, there's uh, a lot of my tradition, like my drum that I use is a drum I made myself. It's, you know, made of actual horse leather i use real sinew to tie it together you know and, and all wow. of this yeah and so my tools sometimes are that but I, then i also use tuning forks and those by no means were available <laughs> to the shamans under which i trained and, and their traditions so i don't limit myself to you know what i learned necessarily from from the various shamans i worked with but i do use the basic skills of you know, doing what I call going in, which is just finding a deeper internal sort of maybe you might say deep meditative or trance like state. Uh, and then, you know, connecting with other intelligences there and bringing back what I can for myself and others. I also kind of find it funny that your like your last name is Sharman. Yeah. <laughs> and you're Shaman. <laughs> yeah. It is really weird. It's actually my middle name. My my last name is Brown, but I go by Lindsay Sharman because it was convenient. It's definitely a lot easier to find than Lindsay Brown. There's ten billion Lindsay Brown. Oh yeah. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> but Especially also spelled. Yes. But it yeah. is very interesting my father named me that like he gave me that middle name um and you know who knows oh, why but it was yeah. perhaps prophetic <laughs> yeah that's very interesting actually yeah he uh i'm the only one he named uh and he named me Lindsay after the bionic woman uh, and, <laughs> and Wagner. I, yeah and i have metal all along my spine so um maybe that was prophetic too wow <laughs> yeah Whew. how did that come about I developed really severe scoliosis when I was um, about 12 uh, and it progressed to an exceptional state by the time I was 16. And so they did surgery to try to straighten it as much as possible. Um, so I had a really severe, two severe skirt curves from, you know, if you're looking at my, my back and I'm laying flat, then you, it would look like an S to you. Wow. Um, yeah, it was really severe. And I, I was hunchbacked and I mean, it was really, uh, a big 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 curve and so um they strained it as much as possible it went from 50 something and 30 something degrees down to uh 30 something and 20 something i think is what the numbers are now so there's still an s there but it's much more straight and i uh grew two inches in one day that day holy crap that's yeah. insane it was really insane i had to relearn <laughs> i had to relearn how to walk and move and put on shoes, everything, everything you can imagine. Cause if you imagine, you know, anytime you move your head, your hands, your feet, it's all your spine. 
Right. So, Everything. Yeah. And my entire spine, there's very few vertebrae that are not fused. So I have a very, I had a very limited um, idea of how I could move for the rest of my life, but uh, I don't think I understood that. So I think I just <laughs> did what I wanted and uh, I feel like I move normally now, but no. I think a, I think a lot of these things that afflicted you when, when you were younger probably, you know, made you the person that you are now. Like to to want to to have that desire to heal other people. Absolutely, and, and it's interesting because if you just saw me now and I like I smile a lot, I'm very nice, you know, and I'm like whatever. And I think people look at me and they're like, Oh, what a Pollyanna or like, she doesn't really know what and I'm like, Oh, no, I've been through the abyss multiple times. Like I've been in the gutter. I've been on the back alleys. Like, I've done it all and seen it all. And I, I just when you come back from those things. And again, like we said, it's always a choice. Right. I could have just sat there and gone, oh, I'm such a victim. I had trauma when I was little and we had poverty and my dad died and my back hurts. And I could have sat in that. I could have got disability. I could have never gone to college or done anything because I could have just collected on this and just sat around. I could have cried the whole time. It, it hurt. I had chronic pain for decades before I learned how to use those same skills that I use shamanically to, um, you know, kind of uh, heal from that and release that pain. Uh, which I didn't think was possible. They don't tell you it is. It doesn't seem like it is. It's going to hurt forever, right? That pain is there and it, and it can't, yeah. be, it can't be healed allegedly by these doctors and surgeons and, you know, but I did it. And so now I'm, I'm genuinely and deeply, truly happy and emotionally well in ways that I think no one thought was possible, but it's all because I chose it. Absolutely. And yeah, I love and to give that to others as much as possible. Yeah. Like they always say, like, there's so many sayings out there that like <clears throat> when I was a kid growing up, I would hear these sayings and you, you just kind of think, Oh, that's just a saying. Right. But right. they really mean, do mean a lot. Like, for example, if there's a will, there's a way. Yes. Like that's just so much power in that statement because it's so true. It's like, I'm willing to do this and I'm going to get through it and make it. Yes. I'm going to succeed with it. Right. Oh, it's so well, true. Like, like when you're a kid and you just hear that, it's like, eh, well, I, don't, I don't even know what that means, right? Yeah, or like, screw you, I, I want to be a victim, so I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is the thing I think also that helps me in my practice is that there's essentially, and I'm not saying like I've had every single person's experience or that I don't listen with understanding or that, you know, every once in a while I have someone who's like, oh, my back hurts, but I don't want to talk about it around you because I know you've had really bad back pain. I'm like, oh, I don't need you to pretend like you don't have pain just because I had pain. Like, yeah, you know, like, I don't want to do that. But I also can say, for example, some of my students when I was a public school teacher would be like, well, I can't do this uh, because I have ADD. And I'm like, well, I have ADD and I have a degree and a job. So I'm pretty sure you can do that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like people, I'm... people don't like to bring up the elephant in the room. Right. Right. Like, like, it doesn't mean that I don't have compassion for your struggle or that you might not have to work harder than someone else in that specific task but you by no means are unable or incapable of doing this and this goes for everyone with every skill or everything yeah. <laughs> there's people, very few people, times where yeah. you actually can't <laughs> people people i've had people come up to me and talk about uh you know we're just in conversation and then all of a sudden their depression comes up in conversation yeah and they're like oh i, I don't 
really want to talk about. I don't want to be a downer. I'm like, let's talk about it because I've been there and I can probably give you some pointers. Right. Right. It's not my depression come back. Right. right. And then they get really appreciative and they just open up on all cylinders. Yeah. Do you find like spiritual healing is that kind of thing? It is really a lot of it is just, you know, all of us really need someone where we can truly be our deepest self without any yeah. judgment at all. That's uh, right. And that's really rare. There's even a lot of like healers and people who I've even gone to, or, you know, like the, just people who say that they're sort of helping people this, they're, they're often, I'm not saying they're bad or you can't get something out of it still, but they often are actually very judgmental, right? They'll say like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that, or you need to do this, or it's actually like that. And they're telling you, telling you, and really it's like, well, that's not really what most people need. What most <laughs> people need is to just be able to say like, hey, here's who I am. And here's my experience. Like, is that normal? Like, yeah, that's normal. <laughs> like, right. Oh, okay. Well, like, oh, and also like, you know, what if you thought about it like this? Or have you tried this? Or, you know, these types of things. It's super rare. We don't get that a lot in our society. It's not something people, that we... People really don't like to open up to people, I find. Because most people are going to attack them. <laughs> you know, most people are going to judge them and then tell them what they should be doing or should think or whatever. And yeah. then and or they're going to use it against them we live in a super psychopathic society it was built by psychopaths so all of the systems we've seen every single our education system the media our government all of it is narcissistic in nature it's a type of psychopathy is narcissist on the same spectrum so we have all these narcissists that have always been above us and they've always been telling us we're not good enough we're not doing it right anything that's happening is our fault they're actually the victim and not us or something right Com convoluted like that and so we also start to get used to it so we start to learn when i tell someone like hey i actually have this thought about this thing and then they go and they go oh Lindsay thinks this Lindsay's a da -da. and we see that it got used against us well i don't want to open up anymore to someone and <laughs> tell them something right. right or we get that other response where it's like well you need to do this you should do this you're doing this wrong blah 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 and you're just like well okay if i'm going to get judged and attacked or it's going to be used against me why would i ever open up again right and so it's super That's necessary for all of us to maybe start to sort of uh, do this for ourselves first and maybe other people as much as possible to just say, whatever you're experiencing, whatever you're thinking, it's normal and it's okay. You're allowed yeah. to do that. And I love you the same. In fact, if you just said that to yourself every day, you'd probably have massive release of emotion that has been trapped in there for oh, so for long. Sure. For sure. <laughs> right. Well, I like to, I've always been that type of person that's like, like anybody can approach me and talk to me about whatever they want. Yeah. You know? And I would never like fucking shun them or anything. You know what I mean? So you probably I, get I, people I, doing that a lot to you because they know that they sense it and they can't yeah. find it anywhere else. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And it's like, and I, I've been shunned as well. So I know what that feels like and it's not a good feeling. Yeah. So I don't like to shut other people. You know? Yeah. Because you're empathic. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not super common for people to make it through this psychopathic narcissistic system with their empathy still intact. So right. when people find that, they're like, oh, I need this in my life. 
I need you to yeah. listen to. I used to, I remember this time actually, because this also is my experience in life and it happens all the time. But one of the first times it stood out the most, I was on the transit and I was riding it for about an hour because I lived very far away from my school and all the people I wanted to hang out with and stuff. So I was on this bus for a while. This girl came up to me and she just sat down near me and I had never seen her before, met her before. She starts talking to me and I'm just like talking a little and nodding and stuff. And then all of a sudden she's telling me like, these things about her life and then all of a sudden she's telling me like deep you know her childhood and other things and and this is happening that and I'm just sitting there like listening and going like wow that must have been really hard or like this is I'm so sorry that happened to you and da 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 and then she she like eventually looks up and she's like oh my stop's coming up but I'm just thank you so much for listening I don't even know you and I don't even know why I told you all that but it really helped and I was like yeah you like you're welcome I, I hope you have a good day or whatever and then she, <laughs> exactly yeah. you know and she got off and I was kind of like wow why did that random stranger just tell me like her whole life story uh but for the rest of my life since then that's been happening quite frequently um you know and it's for that same reason like, people can kind of sense it uh, and, and, and this is a just truth about humans is that we're all psychic and, and it really is a sense people have where they can feel it. Uh, and this is why I also say even us just healing ourselves, even us just starting to motivate ourselves, like we were talking about earlier, even us just choosing these things that are good or healthier that we've been meaning to do for so long and starting to do them, that changes the field for us, but also for everyone we contact, every person who sees us now at some level has some sort of subconscious awareness of like, oh, there's hope or, oh, I can motivate myself or, oh, I can do better too. Right. It's like, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a frequency thing. I think it, yeah. uh, you resonate with, with certain people. And even if you don't resonate with them, they still kind of know yep. what you're about. Like, exactly. like you're saying. Yeah. It's like the uh, hundredth monkey thing, right? That mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, it's like the morphogenetic field of uh, Rupert Sheldrake points out, which is very similar to the hundredth monkey idea that once one laboratory, for example, this is the one that blew my mind when I first encountered Rupert Sheldrake and his morphogenetic field theory, uh, was that once one laboratory can, you know, pull off this thing that everyone's been trying for, but no one could do it. And they're trying to like, let's say, make a certain kind of crystal structure and have it form in this like substance and whatever. And, and one lab finally does it. And it's like, hallelujah, Eureka. And they tell the world we made this crystal. And then all of a sudden, another lab is like, holy crap, we did too. And then another lab is like, oh my God, we did too. And now everybody can do it. Right. Why would that be true? Nobody even knew the first lab did it, but they also started doing it. And then all the world is just easy now. It's just easy. He talks about it with the mile as well, right? If we were running, or I think it's the mile, right? We're running the mile, running the mile. People are like, oh, wow, five minute miles, crazy. No one could beat that. And then all of a sudden they're like, wow, four minute mile. That's crazy. No one could beat that. But each time we get a faster and faster mile, suddenly everyone can do it. Well, what did humans just suddenly evolve in a moment? Right. Or is it that there is some collective consciousness? There is collective some, consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. Some frequency that goes out that anyone, whether they know it consciously or not, is aware of and can grasp. And so if you look at it that way, again, how easy is it actually to take back our world from the psychopaths? It's actually so much easier than we think. It's all an illusion that it's very difficult. We just have to start with ourselves and put that frequency out. It literally is that simple. I know it's, I'm not into like the 
let's pretend love and light like darkness doesn't exist thing this is just where <laughs> oh, that's, like, that's like the woo-woo shit right right but this yeah. is like this is where logic has led me this is where science has led me this is where my experience and my gnosis has led me is to finally admit that that is just true uh, and so i choose to just keep creating this for myself and moving forward in that frequency there's another statement, uh, another saying, uh, if you change yourself, you change the world. Yeah, and every single master teacher throughout every tradition and every religion all throughout history has said exactly that. <laughs> There's That's no accident, right? Like they've been telling us all along, like this is how you change the whole world. One of my books, the first book that I channeled through that was a fictional novel is called Sign Curve of Aeons. It's about humans living in the golden age and how we fell from that state and, and why we fell from that state. And, uh, you know, at that time, this concept was very much new to me and not fully formed, but I was guided to find these quotes exactly at the right moments when I needed them. Uh, and, you know, there's three sections to the book and each of the sections starts with a quote. So I just knew that structure was going to be there. And so I'd get to this section, I'd go looking for a quote and the quote or, and or right before I got to the section, the quote would have fallen in my lap. But all of the quotes were this exact same message, but from different, you know, famous teachers or healers or books or whatever. And it was that same message every time. It was like when you choose uh, to uplift all of yourself, you will uplift all of the world. When you choose to heal all of yourself, your angels will sing. And if you choose not to, then, you know, you, the, the devils will have won. Like it is all within you and it all has to do with what you are doing. You choose. The kingdom, the kingdom of heaven is inside. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do, have you researched the Bible at all? I've read it many times. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Um, on my true start to, I think, spiritual awakening. I mean, like you said, I think I've always been this way. Yeah. It's just there's, like, I look back on certain core memories and I'm like, holy shit. Like, everything just connects, you know? Mm -hmm. It's such a strange feeling, but it's so awesome at the same time. Yeah. But yeah, I, I've, I've, I was deep into the Bible for about a few years and, you know, um, communicating with other people and it and finding out that a lot of people are very dogmatic and that to me is where people are in error i believe yeah because that's when they start judging other people and not looking at themselves right that's where you know jesus said take this the the plank out of your own eye right yeah and everybody's behaving that way in, in, in the uh, Christian community. And it's like, I wouldn't say everybody, but most people, I think for the most part are very judgmental of others. There's people I work with that are like that too. And it's like, dude, like wake up, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, and you can see this and you could say this of any tradition or, or religion or group, right? This is like the sort of group thing aspect is people get really dogmatic about it. And we kind of touched on that when we were talking about the title and the idea of shamanism as well, right? And it's why I kind, yeah. of, kind of resisted it for a while. And I, I just gave up when everyone would just call me that. They're like, you know, you're a shaman. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you're not wrong. I just, you know, but um, it is. So people, people within shamanism too will be like, well, it is this and it is not that. And you should be doing this. And it's like, same. It's why are you so dogmatic? Right, like every group, so... every group, Lindsay, even everyone. the even the 
conspiracy community. Oh yeah, especially the conspiracy community. Oh, <laughs> and like, you do you not realize that you're like, if you're in the conspiracy community, I would think that your mind would be free and liberated. But then you start telling people that they should be doing this, they should be doing that, and it's like, dude. Just because you're doing that doesn't mean I have to do that. I'm on my path. You're on yours. And yeah. if you're on path, that means you're free to do whatever it is that you need to do to get there living within a moral guideline. Right. right. And I don't think we should just, we shouldn't be pointing fingers or, you know, people who make money doing a podcast, you know, we're, we're getting truth out there. Yeah. I'm not making much money off of it. I'm making some, through my uh, honorary uh, Patreon supporters. Thank you. Um, but it's not what I'm really set to do. I wouldn't mind making more money off of it. And there's other avenues I could do to, to make money from it. But as of right now, I'm just really happy to get my voice out there and get all these awesome guests on, such as yourself, to help, you know, get truth out there. Yeah. That's what it's all about for me. Well, it's a really weird purity test for both spirituality and for whatever reason, the truth community and podcasting and, you know, conspiracy stuff that for some reason you have to not make money off of it. Right. Why, right. Why, why are people so attached? That's another dogmatic, yeah. weird thing. Like, why should I live in poverty and and be unhealthy and unwell so right. that you can trust me more. Does that make you trust me more? <laughs> yeah. I don't think, like I, I had one of my, again, one of my shamanic teachers said to me something really important. And I, I was asking her, you know, I, I found you and, and, a, and a couple other teachers, but how do I like, these have all been accidental and I shouldn't say accidental. It was really synchronistic, really. It was with my soul guiding me, but I, you know, at the time I wasn't quite ready to claim that yet, but felt accidental. So how, how do I go about doing this more on purpose? And if I want to like progress in this path even more, and she just said, Lindsay, whatever you do, who cares? But also, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but also just remember that if you are, if you are consciously choosing a teacher, you're going to choose teachers who are already living that which you are aiming towards. They're already experiencing and living it. So if they are, you know, unhealthy and diseased and treating people poorly, that's not a good teacher. If they're living impoverished lives in the streets, is that a good teacher? No, because that's not what I want for myself. Okay, then don't choose that teacher. So why would you choose that in a podcast host? Why would you choose that in someone who's teaching you something or you're learning from? Are you are you going to try to learn from the people who have failed? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> or, exactly. Or who are in a relationship with themselves where they still continue to abuse themselves? Because I think it is self-abuse to be like, you know what? I need to give people everything I have and get nothing back in return. Isn't that, <laughs> yeah. isn't that what the narcissists do to us? Isn't that what the narcissist system teaches us? That we, yeah. for some reason, have to give up on ourselves in order for them to get something? Why would we hold each other to the narcissist standard we should be celebrating each other we should be upholding each other we should be giving each other all of the wealth we can to support each other continuing to rise so we can continue to do this great work that should be something we love doing because we love giving value where we find it we always have to have this idea of exchange and interconnected support you know, and celebrating the people who are successful and doing well at this it's the opposite of what the narcissists want for us mm -hmm. yep I totally agree. I mean, 
if my, if if we're a conspiracy theorist, then we should understand that <clears throat> the word currency is energy exchange. It's a flow, yeah. Right. So I'm not gonna refuse getting money if I'm putting my energy into doing this. Yes. And getting that current flow back to me, right? That's how money should work. And for the most part it does, but then there's a lot of fucking greed and, and uh, things like that, like that ruin the whole experience. Right. And on a, on an energetic and spiritual level, I see this as a choice we make as well. Right. I, for example, was um, I really was, I was still in the codependent mindset, which is the other side of narcissism. So if you're not a narcissist, you're probably codependent unless you've healed from the whole experience and transcended it, which is very rare. Uh, it happens, but most of us are in one of those categories. So, you know, you may want to ask yourself, which category am I in? And, and then start healing from that, that right. specific Ill, illness, but, um, or at least try to balance or at least try to balance it. Yeah. But, uh, codependency really does. It involves you sacrificing yourself. You, you're guilty. You're ashamed. You sacrifice yourself. You try to make everyone else feel healthy and good and happy, but you, who cares about you? You just give yourself up. It doesn't matter, right? You're not that Run important. Yourself running yourself into the ground in the process yeah and then that same that same saying that we've always heard of it is actually true is you can't pour from an empty cup so it actually doesn't work anyway so you can't be a healer you can't be doing well and you can't be giving people anything if you're doing it from that mindset well i was still in that mindset when i started uh, professionally and openly offering my healing abilities and when i started uh this podcast uh, and so one day, one of my um, healers and teachers that I work with or worked with at the time uh, was talking to me about this. And they were like, why are you creating for yourself uh, a life of uh, non-abundance? Right. And I, and I was this is one of those things where I was like, oh, God, like the abundance mindset and like, all the boo-boo, <laughs> like whatever. You know, like, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, whatever. And they were like, no, but seriously, like, do you not have the belief in yourself that getting money for this taints it and I'm like well yeah I mean we were I think most of us were like kind of raised with that that if you're taking money for spiritual work or for this truth sort of work that you're tainted and that you're not pure you're not good enough and you're doing it wrong and all of this stuff and, and they're like well then that's keeping you from getting money and I'm like bullshit I'm not getting money because life is hard and you have to work harder because people don't value me and they're like no no again you go back to like the roots of of this whole thing of that you heal in yourself and you change the world or you choose in yourself and the world reflects it or that you manifest your reality which you do by the way um then that's not true you're not a victim you're creating this so why are you creating this and i'm like god i kind of have to admit that so i tried it i was like i'm gonna every day i'm gonna wake up i'm gonna do these mantras and i'm gonna practice seeing money pile onto me and i'm gonna practice imagining people giving me an actually decent amount for the healing work i do and i'm gonna imagine people giving me an actually fair amount for the shows that i produce i'm gonna say to myself i deserve abundance and money and i accept abundance and money and i'm gonna feel what that feels like and i'm gonna release all the negative feelings around it as much as possible and as i did this i literally started to get tons of money <laughs> Wow. How can you discount that, right? And it's not like you're you're not doing what you do for greediness. No. You're doing it to help others and and follow your true path. And, and I don't think there's anything fucking wrong with making a buck off of that. Right. And you said it yourself. You're doing this for 
you want the truth out. You want more people to have the truth. You want people to heal. I'm the same as you. Those are our core motivations. And we yep. can also have another aspect of our motivation that is to be healthy. And to be healthy, we need money. And to have enough money to be healthy and well, and even have leisure, which is healthy, actually, right? And we deserve those things. And that is health and wellness. And it is fair. And to change that whole mindset around that, I now have more than enough money. I get to buy the things I need for my health, like that detoximin we were talking about and the hydrogen therapy and stuff. I get to take days off. I gave myself days off each week, right? And I, I get to do this stuff. And I'm not, I live in a tiny house with very little luxury, but I have more than enough now. And I'm so grateful. And I don't think I would have gotten there if I kept this mindset of I don't deserve it or it pertains things or it's impure or, you know, people are so poor. You should just give it to them. No, they should get out of poverty. Yeah, <laughs> I did. They can, you know, we're, it's the same thing we've been talking about all along. And I know there's people out there listening who are like, what a bitch. But I've, I've seen it from every angle. I lived it as a child. I lived it as an adult. And I saw exactly what caused it and how to get out of it. And I did it. And anyone can do that. So I stopped giving myself to people for free. I stopped feeling bad for what they chose for themselves. And I started saying to myself, I deserve this. And I'm going to ask for that. And I'm going to accept it when it comes. And everything, sure. everything changed. Yep. I had someone show up on my show one, one day and... You know, because another aspect of that was then telling people all the things I do, which I used to not do for summer. I just thought they'll figure it out if they want it or I shouldn't just always talk about what I offer. And and then finally, one day I was like, no, you know, I probably need to tell people that I have services available and I have books and I have this and that. And so I did. I started on my show at the beginning mentioning those things. God, God forbid you you uh, enact the shameless self-promotion thing, right? Right. right. So, and I <laughs> Nobody's going to know don't say it exactly and i still find people who i've been on in contact with on facebook for example this just happened yesterday for for like ever for a long time i've seen them commenting or commenting i don't know them in real life but you know we comment whatever and they just yesterday were like what you have a podcast i was like holy shit how how but this is why you have to actually tell people the things you do so i yeah. started saying that at the beginning of shows and i had a, a random listener was like oh so this is just an advertisement now and i said yeah it is and if you don't like it you should fuck off if you don't love yeah. me enough to support me in this very minor and fair yeah. way then get out of my show's audience i don't want get, you here get off my wave you're not on here right and they left yeah. good riddance <laughs> That's how it should be. It's like you have to be yourself and whoever likes it, likes it. Whoever doesn't can go fuck themselves. I mean, like, it's the same thing uh, with anything that you do. Like, I always bring it back to the rock star thing. Not everybody likes one certain band, right? Right. But they're still doing what they do. And everybody and, likes some band. Every band is liked by someone. <laughs> right. Like, you could be, like, the shittiest musician but some people would absolutely love what you do. Seriously, have you heard, what's his name? Daniel something. Oh God, I suck at remembering things like this. But he like- Daniel Johnston? Oh my God, yes. That's it. Love Daniel Johnston. Yeah. <laughs> There's like no reason, no reason anyone should love him, but yeah, he's lovable. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Uh, did he pass away? I, I think, think he passed away. I think so. I think they just actually did this really cool, like, commemorative comic cover for some comic that's really 
cool or something. So it's like a collector's item now. You can get his art on a comic book or something. If it wasn't for Nirvana, he wouldn't have got as big as he did. Oh, that's so sweet. Because he gave them one of his demo tapes and and uh, Kurt Cobain loved it so much and he started like telling people about, about him. And I watched the documentary on him and I was like, holy crap. And just like listening to him is like, listening to his music that he did in his parents' basement on the little piano yeah. was a little organ. And it was just like, anybody could do this. You well, know, that's how inspiring it is. It's so, yeah, literally anyone. And it is that, um, I think for him, he's one of these people that proves that it's the, like the genuine nature of your inclination, you know, your intention, like that it's coming from this really pure place where you're not, you're not contrived at all. Like you're not trying to craft something that someone likes. So like you were just saying, like it, people like it or they don't, who cares, but you're doing it because it's what's inside of you and it's what you right. want to do. And, you know, I've had people say this to me before. They're like, Oh, so you're just trying to be spiritual now. I'm like, uh, no, I am and always have been spiritual. I'm not trying at all. Like, we're all spiritual. That's what the <laughs> thing that people don't fail to recognize is that, you know, there's that other saying, we we don't have a soul. We are a soul. Yeah. And you're right? not, if you are trying to do something or be something, everyone will see it and they'll go, well, that's not very, it's shallow. It's fake. I don't like it. I don't resonate with it but if you're being really genuine and true to yourself and just expressing what's actually inside of you people need that shit they love it they want Absolutely. it we need more i of love that. it yeah i love it so much and there's another artist uh his these people who are like they seem so troubled like daniel johnston for instance you know he's got the voices in his head and all that right yeah uh, there's another uh artist named rocky erickson um, he also, he was in a band in the, in the late sixties and he got busted for like smoking marijuana on stage and he, they put him in a fucking institution and he went, ended up going insane because they were giving him shock treatment and everything. Oh. And it just really messed him up to the point where he, when he got out and he was living in his house he had to turn on all the TVs, full blast, all the radios, everything to drown out the voices in his head. God, they basically infected him with demons. Yes. Ugh. And it's all so of his sad. music after that was like, like I hear demons and stuff like like the song titles and Aww. was all like very gothic and and demonic, but didn't sound demonic because the songs that he was writing were like, you know, regular sounding rock tunes. Right. Yeah. But like the, the titles of the songs and the lyrics were very, you could tell he was very deeply disturbed. That's so sad, you know, and it's pretty, it's pretty common that, you know, for example, if I didn't uh, go certain directions and choose certain things and kind of work more to develop the light within and, and, you know, alliances with guides and in the spiritual level that I can trust and that kind of thing, then I probably also would be labeled delusional or schizophrenic or, you know, have sure. the yeah. same types of problems because it is really tends to be true that the people who are receiving such labels and experiencing such hardships are 
are basically shamans who are not trained and not um, understanding who they are and what they are and and what to do with it. Uh, And that's kind of the saddest thing of our modern society. You know, we don't have a place for people to have these spiritual experiences and safety and, um, you know, with support to come out the other side in a, a positive way. And instead we just give them a bunch of drugs and shove them away in a box and, and shock the shit out of them and like yeah. act, act like that's going to help somehow. And it's, it's so, like so awful. It's insane. I mean, like think of how amazing <clears throat> our society could be right now. If there wasn't like the, the whole explosion of the mental, the insane asylums. Yeah. Or even if we just didn't have, yeah, sorry, even if we just didn't have such a focus on materialism and atheism, you know, it's not, neither of those things are bad in and of themselves, but, um, well, maybe atheism kind of is actually, because it's a little bit denying, you know, the natural, I think, state that we are all actually in, but that's, that's just where I'm at. I really do. I really think all atheists do actually know that there's something else going on. They're just in denial, but <laughs> deep, deep down inside, like even, yeah. even me growing up, I, I, you know, I, I was, my parents weren't religious. We never went to church except for like weddings and funerals and what have you. But um, I always, I was always very inquisitive about the idea of, of God and, you know, um, I'm just, I was always questioning things like, why this, why that, why this, why that? And then like, as you grow older, it's like, you're taught not to question things. And I'm like, that's not how I roll, dude. You know, like, (laughs) I'm not going to get like hooked into something without questioning it, you know? Right. And and now my, my consciousness level is at the point now where I'm like, I'm very open to the idea of like anything but I have to still question it. Oh, and you yeah. Yeah. Still got to question it, but it's like flat earth, for example. I don't know what, if it's flat or not. Like I could look at evidence on both sides and still come to a, a, a decision, but I haven't made a decision on it because I've never been to outer space and looked down on it. Yeah. I think, right. I think it's fair to, to come to an agnostic position on it. Literally anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause you're yeah. just saying, and you can even say, I'm pretty sure it's this, but I don't know. I, I will maybe never know. And so that could change at some point in time. And yep. I think that's probably the most intelligent place to be on literally almost anything. The things that I say that I know for sure are things that I've experienced internally for myself. Yes. And, and it doesn't matter to anyone else as far as I'm concerned. So I know, for example, that I am actually a soul or consciousness and that this body isn't me. And that's just something I know. And and it doesn't matter to me if anyone else believes that or agrees. It doesn't depend on nothing depends on it. It's just, I just know that. And and so I I can say I know some things like that. Um, But otherwise, as far as this like external world and what's going on with anything, I don't know, but I have some pretty good guesses. Sure. Yeah. And and my thing is that I will never push any of my ideals on anybody else. No. There's no I'll throw it, I'll throw it out there as for them to question as well. Right. But I'm not gonna get offended when somebody says, you know, oh you 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 believe in flat earth. I'm like, it's not that I believe it, it's just the fact that I've dove into it and question it. I wonder. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna 
tell somebody that they're a fucking idiot because they believe the earth is flat. And I'm not going to tell somebody who calls somebody an idiot that believes it's round either. Yeah. And that's, that's, the- I think that's the level that we should all be at where we can just like, just accept the fact that people can think for themselves. Yeah. Well, no offense to anyone out there, but it is the most intelligent people who end up saying they don't know literally measurably yeah Uh, and it is the least intelligent people who know for sure so i always tell people this is the other besides looking for teachers or people that you want to kind of be in connection with or follow or learn from that have the life that they're already living the life that would is similar to what you the other side of that that i would add to the criteria you might want to use would be uh don't in any way connect with people who know for sure (laughs) yeah like entertain their ideas if you want to but don't uh give them too much power or presence in your life they're sure i know i know know somebody's speaking about certain things that they wholeheartedly believe in i know like i automatically put up like a a very thin veneer in front of me so that I can keep a boundary towards them, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to shun them, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Right, yeah. you're not going to say, oh, you're a piece of shit, I hate you. You're just going to go, mm, I'm not, I'm yeah. not going to be as sure as you. <laughs> For example, I had uh, a, a co-worker of mine reach out to me last night and he told me something. Uh, I'm not going to tell the story, but he told me, that he could be in trouble and for doing something. And I asked him what he did and I'm like, wow. Right. And I sent him a message later on and you know, I'm like, again, I'm not going to shut him. Like what he did was fucking wrong. It was bad. And um, I sent him a message and I said, look, dude, I really don't think that what you did was a good thing. And I'm not going to support that, but I'm still going to be here for you. Yeah, that is really profound. And again, shockingly, I won't say shockingly, it's especially, I'll say rare in our society to have that level of compassion, right? That you understand that you personally lose nothing by being compassionate towards this person and that you can do exactly what you did, which is to say, I know I'm not going to behave in that way and I don't approve of your behavior and I still understand that you need love and that I can give it to you. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, you know, people have this weird idea that to talk to someone or to be nice to someone or to give someone compassion means that you love and support every single decision they've ever made and every statement they've ever made. And it's like, why would that be true? (laughs) How would I even know everything they've ever done or said? I don't know. And I don't care. (laughs) People, people grow up differently than you. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're they're They uh, have traumatic experiences that you didn't have. Yeah. And they turn out a certain way where their behaviors are, you know, socially non-acceptable. But it doesn't mean that you have to fucking shun them. Like, what if you were in a position where you did something, like, wrong and all of a sudden everybody's gone because they don't want to associate yourself uh, themselves with you? Like, I wouldn't want to go through that shit. Yeah. And the chances right? that you would then heal and become better and choose better would be a lot lower yeah if, if people would be around you and talked about it instead of just saying fuck you you're a piece of shit uh i think life would be a lot better for everybody 
Yeah, and here we are, you know, where the mainstream is that if you don't like the team I voted for, I won't ever talk to you again. Right. <laughs> it's like so shallow. Like not even, we're not even talking about like rape or anything. This is just like a vote or whatever. Yeah, wow. and then they made it so taboo to like say, you're not allowed to talk about politics or religion. Yeah. Why not? Why not? We should be questioning these things again, right? What, why, why can't I bring up this discussion? Like, if I start you... talking about politics to somebody, like, oh, I don't, I don't, I'm not into politics. I'm like, all right, that's cool. I mean, I can still talk about it. Yeah, why would the idea be dangerous to you? And this is what I always, I wish I could say to every person who blocks or unfriends or doesn't talk to their parents anymore because of who they voted for. I right. wish I could just say, what about their ideas could ever hurt you it's just yeah. an idea it's just a it's just their idea and how is it harming you it's not and all the nonsense about like oh it's violence or it supports this or it invites terrorism or it's all bullshit you're really just saying that you refute your psyche and your ideology is so fragile that you're terrified of being present for any other view because you know that it could shatter that's what's actually happening yeah. um and it's sad. It's sad that we're at this point where people are so scared to look at themselves. It's pretty wild. It is pretty Such wild. Such a wild <laughs> world that we're living in right now. Uh, everything's <laughs> upside down. Um, I kind of love it. I, I really love it. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's pretty I, exciting. <laughs> I, I, don't, like, I don't hold any fucking hate for anything or anybody, you know? And it's like, except for like certain politicians, but I know they have their role too in everything. Yeah. Like, especially like the WEF uh, world leader, the young leaders, right? It's like, you could look at Justin Trudeau and say, what a fucking scumbag, right? But it's at the same time, it's like, yeah, he's a scumbag, but it's like, don't hold hatred towards him because he's just gonna, he's, he's affecting everybody else in a, in a, in a certain way and the way that they have to be affected in order to move on and move forward, right? So it that's is. how I think things. It is true, even at that level, we have chosen every aspect of our experience. And that when you if you really can get to that point where you understand that and accept it, you will finally be free. Uh, yeah. And until that moment, you, you really aren't when you believe that someone else can force any experience on you, you will remain trapped. Mm -hmm. I totally uh, agree. I love this conversation. I do have to uh, start to head out. Um, but it's I, I, I'm actually getting a headache, actually. So it's kind of good it's, that we're going to end time. here. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the universe has spoken. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was awesome. I, I really appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll get you back on again and delve deeper into some certain topics. I've been getting some guests on lately that, that are repeat. And it's just turning out so good because we already have like a base foundation for the conversation and then it just goes further and further right so yeah i really appreciate your time oh yeah I'm, I'm so happy it's been such a great conversation you're a fantastic host and i would absolutely come back and do it again uh whenever so uh and thanks to your audience out there as well i, I hope everybody is feeling as hopeful as i am even though i know that for some reason that word really triggers people they're like oh, oh it does Never, How could never you have hope? hope? Yeah. <laughs> the world, it's so fucking, it's like hell in a handbasket. How can you have hope? Right? Well, and for God, some reason, God forbid we have hope. 
And for some reason, people feel like it's disempowering. Like for some reason, if you hope, it means you don't act. I'm like, oh no, right. I think my hope forces me to act in specific exactly. ways. So exactly. I don't know. I don't know where that idea came from. So I hope you have that kind of hope out there, whoever's listening, <laughs> that that you don't um, have to sit back and do nothing, that someone will save you. But your hope is such that you know that you can affect all of yourself and all of the world. Change yourself, change the world. Lindsay, before you go, uh, plug away, please. Uh, yeah, if people want to connect with me, the best place to go is rogueways.org. Everything is there, the links to the show, the books that I write. I have Orgone that I would love to get into people's hands. It's super powerful. The one-on-one sessions I do with people, including readings of various kinds, sound healing, shamanic work, and more. Uh, and just it's all there on the site. You can contact me from there and ask a question or whatever you like to do. So rogueways.org. Uh, you made it so easy. Thank you. I'll put it in the show notes, guys. And uh, Lindsay, thank you again for coming on. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Be well. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you very much for once again listening to the Red Bill Cartel. This is your lovely goat, Nigel the Goat speaking. And uh, we hope you enjoyed that episode, don't we, Davey? Of course. I think they enjoy most of our episodes. Uh, but yeah, thanks for keep on listening, and uh, we'll see you guys in 2023. Yes. Uh, Davey and I are going to get uh, highly intoxicated for the uh, new year, you know, so uh, don't worry. Uh, we will be back, and uh, we will always be here, as, uh, you know, God willing. So anyway, uh, you know, uh, Davy, uh, any closing thoughts for 2023? Yeah, we just uh, hope you guys. We wish you guys success uh, in all your endeavors and uh, uh, health, wealth, whatever, what have you, uh, joy, everything, all that good stuff. So uh, we hope you stay on the ride with us, stay on the wave, you know, and uh, good luck, guys. Yes, uh, very kind words from Davey, you know, and uh, Nigel as well. We wish you all the best in the new year, and we will see you on the other side.